Welcome back to the night shift, everybody. And obviously, as everyone can see, we got the great Tony Merkel. Hi, guys. Filling in for Steve tonight. Man. It's pretty exciting. I just wish I looked as good as Steve on camera. I know. He's got them luscious locks, man. <laughs> His hair is ridiculous, dude. I'm so tired of not having hair. I actually was talking to my wife the other day. I saw this uh, commercial. So I thought the Hymns company was just for the the uh, ED. Yeah. And uh, apparently they do hair products too. And I said to her, I said, if this works, like, like, should I try it? And if it works, start growing hair again. And she's like, literally, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Like you've been bald for so long. Yeah. <laughs> like I had hair when I got married and like four years in, I was bald. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd give you some of mine, but you'd have to deal with color variation there. Yeah. Yeah. I got you got a lot of gray hair. I got, I got a lot of gray. If I remember correctly, don't you have like a spot? Like it's like a gray spot or something. Uh, yeah. Somewhere over here. It's like some, it was like it kind of like stood out to me. Yeah, it, it looks like a. It was funny. I used a just for men on it one day to try to level it out because I have some like ultra clear hair, and I thought I got too much dye in one spot because I have this black spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, dang it! Oh, no, no, just my hair, just that's my hair. Oh, my so it is what it is, man. I've I've accepted it. It's just I started graying early, and here I am. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, I was uh, I was a parking enforcement officer, and I remember going into the office, you know, for a break, and the officers are in, in are in there, and you know, we're telling our war stories of writing parking tickets in the city of Reading, Pennsylvania, which actually is a legit war. Like you, you remember that TV show sure. Parking Wars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they uh, on that level. It, That's it was insane, dude. It was wild. Uh, but they were like. Yo, you're losing your hair. You're thinning your. And I was like 22, 23. I was like, shut up. No, you're no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> no. And then I wound up getting in a fight with somebody in Reading, and uh, my life was threatened. So I started driving truck. And so I, I started. It. I got it. That's how I got into truck driving. But I started uh, shooting GoPro footage while I was driving. And when I was setting up the GoPro in the trailer, because I wanted to kind of get footage of uh, the freight bouncing back and forth because i was curious like because sometimes i would get to a place i'm like dang how did that still stand like <laughs> i hit some serious curbs <laughs> uh but I, I i saw me walking away on camera from up high and i was like oh i'm losing oh, my no. hair like like the reef and i was like what the heck and i went home and i was like i told Lindsay, i was like why didn't you tell me i was losing my hair and she's like i'm five three you're six foot i don't ever look at the top of your head like, that's a good point, point. valid so, point I started chopping it down short and uh, then it just kind of migrated into uh, just shaving it. So that's what I do now. Yeah. That's what I'll do. If I ever get to that point, Yeah, I'll just shave it off. I'm not, I'm look, not that concerned. You would look good shaved. I, I uh, encourage everybody to shave their heads. I, I, I just want a bald brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's already one Tony and it's not one you really want to be affiliated with. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? The skinheads. Oh yeah, well I'm Puerto Rican, so I, I don't fit. Okay, club. yeah, no, you know I mean? no, no. <laughs> yeah, like they, they were like, you, you're not allowed in our gang. Yeah. But I'm skin. I shave my head and everything. No, you're not allowed. So, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about the skin. All right, I'm sorry. Let me just tell you a story about skinheads real uh, quick. Okay. I was like one or two years old, and my uncle, he's not Puerto Rican. My mom's side of the family, 
And uh, but he was like one of those 80s headbangers, you know, like right. long hair, you know, leather jacket and stuff. They didn't like him either. And they beat the crap out of him. Bats, oh, clubs. There, there was like four of them, three, four of them. They beat him up so bad. He had to crawl to a pay, home, pay phone to call my grandmother to come pick him up. That sounds so, like a shit night. When I heard about that as I was like five or six years old, I was like, I'm so scared of the skinheads. I was looking through the, like, the bushes like, are there any skinheads out here? Like, I was scared, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm brown, man. They're yeah. going to get me. <laughs> That's not a very good thing to be have to be worried about when you're five. Yeah, I know. It's wild, though. You know, it is what it is. Trailer park life. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we can all get behind that. <laughs> so we started talking about it before we come. We, we, we ended up being live here. But the obvious question, what everybody's talking about, all the UFO information slash disinformation being put out there. What are your thoughts on that? Like the whistleblower, for example. Believe everything. Never question anything. Always go with the narrative. Show's over. I feel like that's counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, like there is uh, truth in it. Absolutely. Some of the things he said is absolutely true. Uh, some of it I don't want to say isn't true, but I question heavily. And at the end of the day, I think so. Here's the thing, man. Like I have friends who have, you know, contacts in that field and all that. Right. And um, I was talking to one guy and I, I think I could. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to say his name just because I don't know. If, I, I just don't know where he's standing on things. It's, it, this whole thing is so new and, and early yet. Um, but he, he was vouching for David Grush. Like, he was like, David is a legit person. Like he, like if you're talking about having a whistleblower, like this is the guy. And, and so he was really much on board with this. Uh, and I was like, man, if you're on board, maybe I should reconsider. Like, cause like my gut was like, look at this guy. Like he looks like he's lying. Like, like he's like, well, believe it or not. Yeah, they are. <laughs> It's like, what, bro, you're telling me you're whistleblowing. You're going against the narrative. You're, you're, you're telling us things you're not supposed to. And you're just like, believe it or not. Well, did yes. you see, did you, did you see that, uh, the Pentagon cleared him to whistleblow? Oh, really? Yeah. They cleared him to go do that. Wow. So, so he had to have a briefing with the Pentagon first about doing all this. So, so we are now saying that the government, the Pentagon, is okaying a whistleblower. Yeah. So is he really a whistleblower or just an information agent? I don't want to say disinformation, but is he an information agent? Right. Because a lot of things he was saying there seemed like the, like it was rabbit trail stuff. Like, yeah. And then, like, we can say there's no, no such thing as a coincidence, right? Uh, and I hear that all the time. But there are such things as coincidences. Absolutely. However, however, is it really a coincidence that David Grush comes out saying all this stuff and I'm in my gut saying, I don't know, man. Like some yeah. of the stuff you're saying I know is true, but some of that stuff I'm not sure. And at the same time, we have a 911 phone call coming in from Vegas about a crashed UFO that so happened was caught on a police body cam, which I believe is actually legit happened. And the guy's saying that there's entities walking around and mm -hmm. all this stuff, eight to 10 foot tall entities. And just so happens to be released the same week or within a week of David Grush coming out as a whistleblower saying the exact things that he's whistleblowing about. Then here's the proof, the 911 call. It's like, 
Mm. You know, because well, then, that's and then about two weeks, people. about two weeks before that, I, I, I could be off on my time, so don't quote me on it. But there was a 4chan whistleblower that came out about alien uh, ex- disclosure, and he talked about a ton of or a facility that was out in the Atlantic Ocean that specifically makes each craft individually that you see like there's it's this whole big long thing and it's it's a really wild story but to compile on to what you were just saying you have these events that go bam 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 and there's so much all at once and i think the thing to consider is exactly what you're saying is that the best way to deceive someone is start off with the truth yeah to sprinkle these nuggets of truth in there because then you see that and you're like, well, I, this is true, you know? And then, then once you got them on the hook, then you can start telling them whatever you want to tell them. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I have a show coming out next Tuesday. I'm not trying to drop my show, but I'm going to drop my show. Go for uh, it. No, it, it, because I, I, I it, this, this phrase was mentioned several times throughout the interview. And I was like, that's just, it's going to be a title. It's a good title. I could probably think of a more clickbait title, but it's a good title. And it's perception management operations. And I feel like that's what we're living in right now. Oh, yeah. There is a perception management operation where a lot of this information is coming out in order. Boom, boom, boom. To overload the human collective consciousness to get us thinking about things in a certain way. Even if you're questioning narratives and stuff, the fact is you are talking UFOs aliens coming from the sky the movie signs men in black all tied in one right now everybody's talking about it but what's going on behind the scene we always say watch your six right and uh there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes but this seems like a very to me a perception management operation absolutely i I agree with you 100 percent. and that's that you know steve steve fucking preaches that stuff like he he's always saying you know like when they're when they're here What's going on over here? Because you know that this it, them them acknowledging that, like you have to you have to really think about that. At least from forty seven on, probably before that, dude, they did everything in their their power to go no no. It's a weather balloon. It's this. They gave you every excuse in the book, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, it happened during the past two years. It's they started slowly leaking it, and then now all of a sudden, like you said, these chains of events have have come forth that just overload the brain and it's gotten so many people talking. And then there's, there's people are seeing uh, metallic spheres everywhere in the sky. I mean, it's just getting overloaded with all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. This is an interesting uh, social collective experience experiment that we're living through. Uh, We know they're experimenting on us, uh, our, our consciousness (laughs) uh, clearly. And it's interesting to be aware that you're being experimented on, knowing that there's certain aspects of your consciousness that it's it's just it is what it is. You know, there's a certain part of it you're going through the abuse. Everybody's gonna get some butt stuff going on a little bit, you know. It's just like <laughs> like even if you don't want to, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it I, we're living in this this weird time where we're looking around and it's just like you know it's happening and you're seeing and you're observing how it's unfolding. And you're just like, this seems like this, this is a roller coaster going this direction. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. And, no. and, and, and I feel like it's just, 
we're waiting for the next shoe to drop here. And, and it's surely going to happen. I mean, this all started in 2017. Then 2020, it picked up again. Now 2023, three-year cycle. We're waiting on basically uh, 2026 for the third year, three-year cycle. We got 666, you know, the numerology stuff. We got right. something going on in 2026. You know, in 2025, they're going to be uh, putting those devices in our cars so that the police can turn off our cars uh, remotely. I don't know if people know about that, but it, basically any vehicle you buy in the year 2025 or later uh, will have a device in it that the police can remotely turn off your car. Homeboy ain't getting a car anytime soon because I'm going to keep my right. 2020, 2021 truck. And I'm just oh, I, don't, I don't blame you. Um, well, I also heard that, that or I read that uh, like, like the dealerships are installing these things. So if you miss a payment, they'll just shut your car off wild man i mean they're just it's it comes down to complete and utter control of the flock you know just be able to aim us in whatever direction they want and it's important for people to combat that as much as you can i mean i'm i'm not talking about like at arms but you know be aware of of the things that are taking place and don't don't always bite into the the narrative no you're absolutely right um I think that it's easy to buy into the narrative. See, I think what might be what they're doing and part of the strategy is doing the peace operation where they piece out pieces of all this different stuff uh, because something that they're putting out will tickle the fancy of somebody. Like oh, everybody, yeah. everybody's like, ooh, that's you. Like, like I said in the beginning, I mean, they're putting out things that I know is true. So when he's saying things that I know is true, I'm like, well, that's true. It's getting my attention. You know yeah. what I mean? And so they're, they're, they're piecing it out in a way, in a strategic way. Um, Absolutely. He said that they, they've they been doing this for, I think, uh, eight or nine decades. Uh, I think it was 1930. 1933 was the first UFO crash recovery that he claimed, which was in Italy. Um, and then he said, for, since then, it's just been, you know, constant. Uh, but one thing I found interesting with, with Grush, uh, he... He says that he's a whistleblower. Now you inform me that the Pentagon has approved his whistleblowing. Uh, but he says he's a whistleblower. And the reason, his motivation for whistleblowing is because uh, he came under, I forget how they said it in the interview, but it was a sp- very, everything is very specific phrasing here. NIH or NHI, non-human intelligence. Um, but the way they phrased the whole thing, basically they alluded to the fact that David was facing threats uh, that left your imagination wonder to either he was going to go to some kind of unknown deep underground military prison for the rest of his life or just be killed, uh, rest, red scarf style. Um, but they alluded to that, right? And that was towards, I think, the beginning mid-interview. Towards the end of the interview, he's, he, he confirms that it, though it's completely wrong, unconstitutional, unethical, he says that people have uh, throughout history been silenced, a.k.a. killed. I didn't even think they said that. I think the interviewer said killed uh, throughout history for releasing information. So you're telling me cool guy, calm collect David Grush, who has been approved by the Pentagon to be a whistleblower, his story is that he was being threatened possibly with his life and now is saying that they kill people for this stuff He's just going to come out and 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 do it because he couldn't sleep at night otherwise. I Listen, I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people who have a lot of information that they would love to come out with. 
but they don't for the for their safety and their family's safety. And you know yeah. what? That makes you sleep real good at night. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listen, Absolutely. and, and I, I swear to you, I mean this. Like, if if I had information and they said to me, if you release this, we're killing your son, your son. Yo, I will, I would rather live under a bridge with my son than release information that gets the kid killed. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'll sleep really, really good at night knowing that my boy is still breathing underneath absolutely. my arm. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Without so, a doubt. So like, don't cut this, this noble bullcrap stuff. Listen, I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and I, I've, I think I've talked about this recently. If not, I know I've talked about it throughout the years sparingly. I usually kind of keep it hush, hush, quiet stuff, but I legit am in contact with a guy who is on the Clinton kill list. He is still breathing. He has thousands of documentation. In fact, me and Jack were supposed to be meeting with him last Tuesday to uh, start going over the documentation. Uh, but we had we had to move it for other reasons. But the the point is, like, I'm in conversation with like very prominent journalists in this world. Anybody just use your imagination. You could probably figure it out. But about this guy and, and this guy to this point, And this it's been 20, 30 years has kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Why? Because he had kids. He had a family to worry about. And now he's finally at the point where he's 70 something years old. His kids are grown. Things have kind of the landscape has changed where he he said this to me several times. I feel like this is the time to come out with this information. It's now or never, because I think this is the safest time to come out with it. Well, and to be fair and to feed your 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 point, when do we get a lot of utterly fantastic confessions? Right there at the the last leg of their life. Yeah, you, you get a ton of deathbed confessions. Guys who are on their last leg, they've got nothing left to lose. And they're like, whatever. I'm just gonna roll the dice and see where this lands. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there, you know, and see what happens. And the, 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 the shame with that is because um, it just leads to a lot of speculation. It becomes oh, a conspiracy theory. It becomes to this mythological, like uh, uh, Werner von Braun, his deathbed confession about space and all that stuff. Like, and supposedly it was misconstrued. And it's just, it, it, it leaves a lack of clarification when people do that. But I understand why they do it. I right. understand why they do it. Uh, I, I, I just, I tried it like, and I could be totally wrong about all this stuff. And I, I mean, I don't care. Who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm a podcaster. There's a paranormal podcast. I'm trying to run Merkel Media the best I can. I'm a former trucker. Like, I could be wrong. I, I, you know what I mean? Well, of course. <laughs> but, of course. But the way I see it, man, like, I, I just, I guess this is like, I mean, the more I'm talking to you, the more I'm feeling like, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's something off about Grush. Uh, and, and I could be wrong and I'd be happy to have a conversation with the guy. I know it will never happen. I mean, I, who am I? Like, you know, he's like, he, he could definitely get on Joe Rogan tomorrow. Right. So yeah, like, absolutely. Like, Tony Merkel, the confessionals podcast. Okay. You know, it's not I mean, happening. It's, you know, you miss every shot you don't take. <laughs> That's true. Right. But I don't, I don't take a lot of shots for that reason too. I should probably start. Uh, I'll throw Hail that. Mary's all day long. I don't care. I think you said that to me in the text about coming on here. Yeah, I'll dude, I'll throw Hail Marys all the time. I yeah. don't care. It because what's the worst that's they're gonna do? They're gonna tell you no or just ignore you. You know how many people I've Hail Married and they just get flat out ignored? 
Yeah, yeah. Flat yeah. out ignored. Not even not even uh they don't even leave me on red. They just don't even acknowledge it. <laughs> That's the like, worst. Whatever, man. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. It ain't nothing to me. And I, I like I like that you say that, that you say uh because me and Steve preach that shit all the time. Like we're just here to present the information to the best of our ability. You know, we get a lot of flack for our opinions on on some things and we're like, Hey, this is just from our set of eyes. You don't, you don't have to get, so I'm going to die on this Hill. At, this is what aliens are. This is what Bigfoot is, man. Yeah. I am all for, if you, if you could show me, if I think aliens are, are of this physical world, they're not even inter- interdimensional and you can prove to me otherwise, or even give me a fucking argument that perks, perks me. I'm going to go, Oh shit. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Like, that's who I am. I, I'm not. I'm not going to die on a hill because we we walk in a world like guys like you and me and Steve. We walk in a world that there is for us. There is no 100 fact. There is no 100 truth. It's something we're all trying to explore together. You know that's that's what this whole journey is about. Mm-hmm. It's trying to figure it out and then have fun. You know. Yeah. See and weird shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, we want to see portals to jump through them. I mean, that's, that's what, what I'm that, saying. That's all we want, right? You that's know? what I'm saying. We want the sky, the sky to become hollow and jump yeah. through it. So. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I just, um, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy talking to people about the weird stuff, and uh, I try to do it the best I can. I get people every week telling me that they hate me. Uh, I, I get people emailing saying that. Um, I suck or something I'm doing sucks. My opinion sucks. Uh, my show sucks. All that. Right. But yeah, go do it uh, better. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Go do it better. But you know, I, I, I've, I'm getting better at dealing with it. And I just, I, and I'm what I mean by dealing with it is I ignore it. I block them. That's just what it is. Like, Oh if, man. Like if you, if you come on, you know, my Instagram and you leave me a, a and, and you took time too. that's the thing that I'm just like, Oh, you took so much time to leave this long comment about how much I suck. Yeah. And I'm just going to block you. And you know, they thought it. about it too. They sat and they thought about it. They plotted oh, it. Spent so much time. That's what I, that's, those are the but, people that I call busters, man. They're just straight up busters. They're haters. They're frauds, man. But yeah, and all, all you gotta do is just laugh at them because yeah. that's what me and Steve do. We'll get we and get it, terrible reviews, and me and Steve just make fun of them off air. We're just like whatever. And and that's the thing, like, and that's kind of getting to the point where I'm like, like, you don't gotta tell me I suck. I know, sucker. Like, I know. Like, like yeah. I like. Listen, I hold myself to such a high standard. Every, almost every time I put something out, I I'm self conscious about it. Why? Because I hold myself to a standard and I feel like I never meet that standard. So I don't need you to tell me I suck. I already know. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm, <laughs> I, I literally asked Steve, I walk in the same shoes. I don't. I never think anything we do is enough for everybody who listens. I think that my audio can always be infinitely improved. I'm always trying to tinker. I'm always watching. Sometimes I barely get episodes written because I'm I'm trying to t- like watch. I, I'm, I trim trees. I don't, I know fuck all about audio right so i just sit and i watch youtube videos all day long trying to figure out what what does a compressor do what's the the low cut 60 hertz do and i have no idea but i'm trying to figure it out i know you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to teach myself something and you're just hating on me because i'm trying to learn you're trying with your life man and that's the thing that that's the thing that i think people 
the test is that they don't agree with your efforts of your own life and and they wish they had the guts to actually pursue life the way you do. Like, right. listen, how old are you again? You're like 36? 36. 36. I'm 37. Same age. So like, dude, we're not supposed to be doing this. Like, it's happening now more. But it, like when I started this in 2017, I was laughed at profusely. Oh, I was I a truck imagine. driver. And they're like, you're going to do what? Podcast. And what are you going to talk about? They're laughing about the podcast thing. And I'm like, Bigfoot, ghosts, aliens, yeah. demons. Yeah. And they're just like, you're insane. We always knew you were weird, but yeah, you're yeah, crazy. You just cemented it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like, here's the thing, man. Like I pursued it hard, man. And the harder I pursued it, the more they took me serious, man. By the time yeah. I quit, by the time I quit driving truck, my last day, everybody shaking my hand, telling me congratulations. Like I, the, the, the things like you, you did what not all of us wish we could do. Yeah. Walk away. Absolutely. You know? And so it's like, dude, yep. people, they, they, they put out these nasty comments trying to disparage you. If you're being honest with yourself, if you're being real about yourself. You already know your shortcomings. And, and that's what I've settled on, man. That's why I think I'm getting better at it. Cause it's like, they're not informing me and telling me anything I don't know already. Good. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, it yeah. is what it is. And like, look at me, man. Like I'm living in a freaking dream right now. You know, like, like I listen, I, I was talking on Instagram before I went live here and I, and people, somebody said, uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool phrase, but it's not true eh. because if you love eh. what you do, if you love what you do, you work your ass off harder, man. Like, oh, yeah. dude, Dude, seriously, right now, you work harder on Hollow Sky than you do trimming trees. <laughs> That's not even a question. <laughs> not even a question. It's so true. It's yeah. 100% true. You put more time in, more Absolutely. effort, more sleepless nights. You just do it, and you work your butt off because you love it. That's what so I'm, I'm saying. I'm living in a dream, man. Like, I wake up in the morning, and my job is to talk to you and other people about weird stuff that, yep. doesn't, is, that doesn't exist. The world says that's not real. Like, yeah. dude, I'm living in, in a fantasy world right now. Oh, yeah. Now. Absolutely. So why am Absolutely. I mad about somebody who's a complete stranger to me who hates me and, 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 and has an opinion on my life? There you go. You know what I'm saying? There you go. That is that simple, I, I, man. I say that, and tomorrow somebody's going to say something in the comment section like, hey, mf -er, here, and I'm going to yeah. spend half my day. <laughs> yeah, you're going to rage quit and just put your head through the wall. <laughs> I'm like, well, like, there great. goes my theory. Yeah, so. <laughs> great. I tried it, guys. I tried being happy. I tried it, but I'm just, I'm out of it now. <laughs> you know, hey, it's... It is, it's a for effort. So, right. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it's cool. I remember being on the phone with you when you were talking about quitting, yeah. quitting your day job. You know, we were, that's when we were first linking up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And I remember that. I remember that conversation. You were sitting in your truck. You were at work on the phone with me and Steve. Was I crying? I, no. I might've been crying. Oh, I wasn't no. crying. Amazing. No, <laughs> no you were just like, dude, I think I'm going to quit. I'm like, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> pull the trigger i'm like it's easy for us to say because we're not in your shoes but yeah yeah, yeah. pull the trigger get the fuck out and it. then you tell you texted us and you're like i just put my two weeks in mm -hmm. <laughs> hell yeah that's awesome dude the final the, the deciding factor though was my son my son was uh it was so we're, we're gonna talk about whatever and, and if you want to go 10 hours tonight i don't care but let me just tell right you the story because it, 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 it's a it's it's really it it's the genesis of why i'm, I'm here in tennessee why i have i'm in this room uh, my life was, and it, it, it turned into this. It didn't start out this way. I don't know how it happened, but 
in pursuit of freedom, I had less freedom with my time. I Monday, I would wake up, get my coffee, and I'm at work by anywhere between six and nine o'clock in the morning, depending on the, the, the time, right? Uh, but I would do 12, 14 hours driving truck. And then I would come home, I'd kiss the wife, kiss the kids, I'd go down in the studio and I'd work till two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Then I get up and do the same thing Monday through Friday, drive truck, podcast, drive truck, podcast. What am I doing that late at night? Not interviewing people. I'm working on other stuff because my interviews were all day Saturday. So starting at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday till about six to eight o'clock at night, I'm interviewing people. So my Saturdays are shot. Then on Sunday, it's church in the morning. And then in the afternoon, my dad's coming over recording for Hammer Lane Legends podcast. He's still co-hosted. I'm not part of it anymore because I'm busy. And he would be at my house till eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night because we're working on the, that podcast. Yeah, That was my life Monday through Sunday for years. And then and I didn't realize that I wasn't making time for my family. You live in the Instagram life where you post a picture of your kid. And you're like, oh, you're such a good dad. And it's like, yeah, I took a picture of my kid, posted it and went down to my studio to work. I didn't actually see my kid. Right. And so it was a Monday morning. I go downstairs to get coffee. My son has just turned three. He turns, his birthday's in December. This is in February. He just turned three. I go upstairs with my mug of coffee, half awake. And he runs over to the stairs and he says to me in that little kid voice, my daughter was just born, not even six months old. And he says, daddy, where are you going? And I said, I got to go to work today, buddy. I got to drive my truck. He starts bawling, incredibly like violent crying walking over to his mom in the kitchen saying, daddy doesn't want to spend time with me. A three-year-old yeah. saying that. And I went to work. I cried a lot on Monday. And uh, I, I was pretty sure by the end of the day, Monday, but I gave it till Friday. Friday, I, I, I decided, you know what? I got to quit something. It was either going to be making content, quitting, quitting that or quit driving truck. And I figured, you know what? I know how to drive a truck. I can go yeah. drive a truck again. Anyway. You know? And if I, if I quit podcasting, though I feel like it's a respectable reason to quit, I will never, ever start another podcast from ground up again. It's too much work. Dude, it's hard. It's exhausting. It's crazy hard. So, so I was just like, you know what? Let me try this thing. And I had goals, right? So I had goals. I'm like, okay, when I reach this, this level of memberships, you know, because I, you know, at the time I was like advertising. It's so, you know, it, 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 it comes and goes. You can't control it. And I'm glad I had that philosophy because right now with the economy, advertising sucks. Right. Uh, but like, I didn't, I wasn't at my goal of the membership to quit my job. I was just like, God, Jesus, take the wheel, you know? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and and uh, it's amazing because my friend uh, was telling me, he's like, dude, you need to quit your job. You just need to do this full time. Like, nope, not, I didn't meet my goal yet. I'm just going to keep driving truck because, you know, it's free healthcare. And when I quit my truck or when I quit driving truck and just kind of took that leap of faith, and I literally mean leap of faith, not in my own self, but in God providing for me, coming through and taking care of the Merkel tribe. When I put my faith in God to take care of us, he just exploded things. That's awesome. And, and allowed me to take things to another level. Um, and I always say, if it falls apart, it falls apart. Like literally, uh, Jack's here. He, like I'm, I hired my brother to work for me and he's literally in the studio uh, live producing for me, right? And he doesn't like hearing when I say this, but I mean this. If it all falls apart and everything goes away, I'm at peace with it. You have I'm at to peace be. With it. Like he isn't because that means he has to go find another job. Right. But uh, for well, me. Well, so don't you for the most part. I mean. No, no. Here's the thing. 
You just quit and just quit in life. You're like, I'm done. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. So, uh, what I will do is I will do the bare minimum to make sure there's a roof because one thing that's changed my perspective so much. And I, I used to like, like, and what I'm about to say, people might be like, that's lazy. It's not lazy. It's perspective. I, for the last almost three years of my life have been employed by myself and I have been able to spend any moment that I choose to with my family. I will never trade that in for anything ever again. I would rather be poor living in a trailer with holes in the roof and floor, but seeing my children than punch a clock and drive a truck again for 12 to 14 hours. I will never do it again. I'd rather be poor. And I mean I, that. I, I, if I, I wholeheartedly If I agree. lose everything, if I lose everything, you can find me underneath the bridge with my kids. I don't care. I would rather be with my kids than never see them because I'm just slaving away for the dollar. I'll never do it again. Good. That's awesome. Let's talk I about mean, spooky stuff. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So what? Have you had anything weird happen to you of late? Uh, yeah. Um, Good. lots of stuff, right? That's awesome. So, um, I, the first thing that comes, and, and Jack, feel free to chime in on the microphone here for this, because this cut does kind of involve you, if you don't mind, Jack. Oh, no, absolutely. Let's go. But, um, and, and if Jack, if you think of something else I'm not thinking of, uh, feel free to, to chime in. But, uh, we have something weird happening here at the studio. Um, and it's interesting because there's spiritual boundaries. I don't think things are crossing. Uh, and so I'm trying to remember how this worked. Um, I remember I was here late at night and that's what it was. I was sitting in my office and it was probably about midnight and it was before Jack got here and I'm sitting here, I'm working on stuff. And all of a sudden I, I feel like it was in, in this room. Like my initial thought was it's in the studio but now I don't think so. So initially what I felt like I, I experienced was it sounded like something fell, dropped, or slid, uh, almost like, like, like a can sliding across this wooden table. And, but there almost was like a little bit of a thud. It was, it, it was hard to describe. And I, I, I jumped out of my chair and I just go, who's there? That's what I did. I was like, you know, like, you know, the, the hair standing up in the back of my, my neck because there's no hair on my head. Uh, and like, I, I jump out of my chair and I walk over to the doorway to the hallway to come back here to the studio. And I just stand there and I'm looking. I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Try it. Just like, Clint Eastwood, you know East, I mean? it? Tennessee Tony right here, baby. Let's you go. know, because like, I'm, I'm in an office building, right? And I'm like, somebody trying to come in here they got a problem. And, and then I'm like, where's my gun? Where's my gun? I forgot my gun at the house. Uh I was like, of all nights that I forget my gun at the house. So I went out to my truck and got my truck gun, which is an AR. And I brought that in. (laughs) You should have just said, you're about to catch these hands. (laughs) No, I got a bad shoulder. I just, you know, Uh, you gotta go full clip. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. So, uh, that happened and I, it, it, nothing happened. So I just kind of, I, I went back to my, my, my desk and I just started working again, nervously, but working again. And, uh, then, uh, Jack moves here to Tennessee to work for me and he's in the studio and 
what happened was, and I thought, and I didn't know this until I think just this past week, him and I were talking about this. This happened to him twice. And so let me actually let me rewind. The more I thought about it, the more I started settling on the idea that the sound that I heard was not in the studio, but rather the door to the back of the office, the, the, our, our studio office area that goes out into the building. So we have two entrance doors. And I started thinking, I think it was actually the door, like the doorknob jiggling or something sliding and tapping on the, on the door or something like that. And that's what I started thinking. So I go up to Pennsylvania. I drive my brother down here with all his crap. And he's in the studio slaving away from me late at night. And uh, so how should I tell the story? I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, I'll tell it backwards. I'll tell you how, how I experienced it with him. I'm driving in and we were going to be doing something. And I, and I told him, I said, I'll be in after the kids are in bed. And so it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm driving in here and he texts me and he says, are you, are you close? And I said, yeah, I'm on my way. And I could tell that just the way he said it, I was like, hmm, you know, like, ah, oh, there's something going on. And he's like, I need to talk to you about something when you get here. <laughs> I'm like, ah, and <laughs> about to get juicy. Yeah. And so, um, cause he's too new. And I'm like, there's nothing like, unless he like accidentally dumped, you know, a water on the computer or something like, you know, uh, and I walk in and I, he he comes out in, to meet me into the office and I said, what's up? And he's like, all right, I was sitting here and I said, and the doorknob jiggled and he goes, yes. And I was like, happened to me too. And, um, and so he tells me that this happened to him for an extended period of time. He's sitting in here in the studio on the other side of the room here at the computer and he's working. And he hears the doorknob jiggle. And so he gets up, walks out into the hallway, looks at the back door, and with his own eyes, watches the doorknob jiggle back and forth for 30 seconds. That's crazy. Not quick, not a second or two. He knew exactly what he was looking at. 30 seconds. And so he's bugged out, I understand. So I, I, I called it and I was like, interesting. What I didn't know though, was that he had an experience like that before that. And I don't remember the details. So you want to hop in on this one? That one was much less time. It was literally just a quick jiggle. And then I got up and was like, okay, yeah, that's not good. So did you recognize the jiggle being the doorknob though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The first time was a short jiggle. And then the, Second time was the 32nd, you know, consistent jiggle. Okay. So, so it happened twice for him. Right. And then what was it? This, was it this week or last week? I think it was last week. I texted you, right? Late last week. Yeah. yeah. So I was in here late last week. Uh, it was not, it wasn't that late. It was like what? Nine 30. No, no, no. I mean, it was later in the week. Yeah. But I, yes. It but was it was like, I think it was like nine 30 at night. And I don't remember what I was doing here. Cause usually I'm not here that late. Um, but. Oh, Jack. Can you get a charger and plug this in? Uh, I have a charger in my backpack. Sorry. <laughs> my <laughs> monitor is about to die. Uh, That's not good. I got to be able to see who I'm talking to. Um, th there's a there's a plug-in-one pouch and then the, the, the charger. But, but you'll find it. Uh, anyways, so last week I was sitting in here and he had just left. Like he's driving to his apartment. And I just text him. I'm like, 
the door just jiggled. I heard it again. And what was weird about this, though, is it sounded like there was something in the hallway. But it was like undescribable sound. I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't tell you that uh, it was tapping. It was like it was a, I heard some. I don't know how to describe. You know, you know how people when they describe the, uh, the shadow people that it's like it was a black darker than black. And he's like, yeah, I can't even imagine that, man. Like, I can't even fathom what you're telling me. Like, it's blacker than your shirt. What? You know, so like that's how I felt, though, about this sound where it was like. I hear something. But I can't even begin to describe what I'm hearing. And it was faint. It was quick. And I don't know if it was the door or if it was inside, but it came from the hallway direction, which that doorway is in. Long story short, I believe what's going on is that we are becoming, are we're coming under a spiritual attack. And there are certain boundaries that cannot be crossed because homeboy's been put here by God. And so, and I believe that 100%. Uh, and so what happened is before all this stuff started happening, my friend Derek, I met him. I don't know if people who are familiar with my show remember, I, I, I did a couple of tours where I took listeners on a trip. The first time I did that, there was a father-son duo that came. They're, they're pastors of a church. And I got to know them. And Derek, the, 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 the son, him and I became friends. Really cool guy. He comes down to Tennessee with his family for vacation and he swings through the studio to hang out and stuff. He brings anointing oil. And I was raised Pentecostal. I was raised in the church, but I, I don't really, up to that point, didn't really rock with the anointing oil stuff. I'm just like, I don't know, but go ahead and do your thing, man. So like I, I'm walking around with him and stuff and he's blessing my office. I'm like, it can't hurt. Like, it's cool, but I just don't know how I feel about it. You know, like, I don't know. And it's a faith thing, right? So um, he, he goes over to the back door and he takes anointing oil and he makes a cross above the door and he blesses the door and he blesses all the stuff in my office. Me and Jack are in here talking about what we're experiencing and I'm, I'm kind of investigating and we go over to the door and you can still see the anointing oil cross above the door. I don't think they can penetrate it. I, I think I, believe I, that. I, I don't, I, I think there's a spiritual, I, I think, first of all, I think I, I'm just spiritually protected. I think that I, I, there, there's a certain level of protection that I have. And I, I, I don't want to say that I'm special. I don't think I'm special. I just think that God has a purpose for me. He told me so. And therefore, if he put me here, I don't think he's going to let anything happen to me. And if he does, I think it's a learning experience. I think it's meant for a reason. And so Anyways, I, I think that there's a, there's a level of protection that we have here uh, to do what we do. Now, to be honest with you, though, it's just going to be transparent. Um, I, I was in here working on tomorrow's Thursday show, member show. If you're, if you're listening and you're a member of my show, the show's not done yet, so don't get mad if it's not out by midnight. Uh, but Jack and I were, uh, were, were talking and stuff, and I, I said, hey, after this show's over, I got to work more on this stuff and wrap it up. I just want to let you know you're not leaving until it's, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you're to that point now where it's like, all right, we're not, we're not being alone in here. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not really trying to be here alone. Jack, have you been here alone since? I mean, I think you have. Yep. But you're not a fan of it, I'm assuming. No, and I don't stay that late. Yeah. So, like, 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 it, you know, it just, you know. You just got to tell it it can get the smoke, too. Oh, yeah, it, it can that's definitely what, get the smoke. That's what you got. That's all you got to do. You know, here's the thing. It's it's so funny because I was, I, I had a, a meeting with my pastor. I We had lunch. It was just, you know, get to know you. Um, And I told him, I said, I feel like God is gearing me up for something. 
uh, part of it is I, I, I honestly believe that uh, within the next maybe year, two years, uh, people might see me do uh, speaking engagements at churches. I feel I, I, I haven't talked about this publicly, but uh, I do feel like I, I, God's kind of turning me in a direction of more evangelistic ministry in the sense that um, I got a very unique story. I got, you know, just doing what I do for a living as a Christian is, is very unique. And uh, I think that there's a message for the the church in America to come back to understanding that we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual existence. And if you don't wake up to it, uh, you're going to be really shocked about things that are coming. And, um, and there's that transition. But I also feel within that transition, there is uh, something that's coming. And I think I'm going to be I'm going to be confronted with a lot more demonic attacks overtly. And I think it's going to be one of those things where I don't want to say put up or shut up. I don't think that's the right terminology for this. I just think it's going to be an opportunity for me to exercise what I believe is possible that I've never had a chance to flex on. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's some <laughs> trying to throw haymakers at the big dogs. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I mean, you know? I believe I believe in protection. Absolutely. We've had a lot of listeners uh send us all types of forms of, of protection. And I am unique in the way that I don't necessarily fall in line with one particular religion. So the way I have been moving through life currently is I let myself be drawn to what I get drawn to. And a lot of people will warn you of that, mm. you know, that it could be this, it could be that, but there's, there's something to it, man. There's something more, there's depth there that I can't explain in, in the context of like, I know you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this, but you can feel it inside yourself when you know it's right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't explain it. You're like, I don't know why I feel the way that I feel, but this is the way that I feel. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that, you know, you, you talked earlier about consciousness. I think, I think that has things to do with it. Uh, we talked to, uh, she, I forget her name. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, voodoo lady at the spirit convention that we went to and she was, she's learning voodoo, all types of cool shit. Awesome lady, fantastic woman. And I think it was Julie, Julia or something, but she told us if you have problems with things use um basically the lord's prayer it is the most powerful prayer for protection that she's ever witnessed and even even and i realize she came from religious backgrounds but the fact that she's now practicing voodoo and she's like listen it doesn't matter if you believe in this or not like this has so much power. This is what you should use. Use it. Utilize this tool. It's there for you to use. So I I don't know. I just I just find that that way of thinking very interesting. And it's it's different for you because you are you're already vested in in your path. Yeah. Right. Whereas with with me, I'm kind of exploring my path. And that's what I like about a lot of our listeners. You know, a lot of people, I mean, and we now we refer to them as the cult, but mm-hmm. 
they they have the patience to let us allow us to to walk the path that we want to walk and I, I find that I find that to be more religious or spiritual or whatever label you want to put on it I find that more appealing and it makes more sense to be that way than the opposite of saying no if Tony if you don't buy into this then f off you're, you're going straight to hell you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. not, that's not being all loving. You know, you, 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 I understand that you could come to me and say, Kyle, this is the path that you, you want to take big dog. Like I have your best interest at heart, but I understand if you need to walk over here for a little while, I can always be here. I'll always be here to guide you. Mm. If you get lost. I'll be here. I'll be the light in the dark. Right. But sometimes you have to let people explore those options for themselves. That's the way I view it anyways. Yeah, and that, you're absolutely right, uh, and I passionately agree with you. Um, for and I can only speak from my own personal experiences, but you can't lead you can take, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, but here's the thing: you don't want to make the horse drink. You want the horse to want to drink the water. Absolutely. The horse will never enjoy the water unless they choose to take that gulp of quenching water, quench, thirst quenching water. Yeah. And so when it comes to the spiritual stuff, like, yeah, like you mentioned about, you know, having their best interest in mind. Yeah. Yeah. According to what I believe, right? But what I believe may not be what somebody else believes. And if I try forcing that issue with them and make them believe that it's not true belief. And right, exactly. I, like I lived that for years of my life. I was raised in the church and nobody made me believe, but just being in the environment and just being part of the culture, you just kind of go along with the flow and, oh, I'm a Christian kind of thing. I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a Christian. They were they were dunking my head in the water every week, making me drink it because I had to. I wasn't a Christian. Right. It wasn't until I was thirsty, bro. Yeah. I was thirsty, and I was like, I need that water, man. No. And I that's... I just took it in, and so like that's what I'm saying though. Like, like when when it comes to people's experiences with spiritualism, whether it's voodoo or Christianity or Hindu or whatever, like, like you can't from your perspective, somebody might be living right or wrong, but you can't make them believe in their heart. Like it's a heart issue. You can't make somebody believe in their heart, what you believe you right. have to lead them and allow them to come to their own conclusion. And if it lines up with what you believe, hallelujah. But if not like that's their path, that's their path. <laughs> like you can't, that's where I'm at, man. And I, I love that. I love it because uh, and then you have the other camps that, and, and, the, and all of this, everything that we're talking about, in my opinion, gets painted onto the paranormal, right? Because the way that we're discussing this right now is a thought process. It is, it is a thought process. And just like you could, you could switch it around to, uh, aliens, the, the debate between interdimensional and planetary you know, it's all, it's all a way of thinking. It's all a way of computing because some, we all run at different paces. Like you and me, we run and we run at a way different pace. 
We're all, we're all and just like with Steve, you throw Steve in the mix. We're all on this, this, this similar path, but we're, you know, you're over here and Steve's over here and I'm here. It's the converging of the information that helps draw out the conclusion. It's not, it's not Tony saying, no, this is a hundred percent what it is. And F all who doesn't believe me, I don't, I don't want to be affiliated with you. It's everybody learning from everybody, you know, cause I learn a shitload from people in discord when it comes to uh, religious questions or just questions in general. And I've come to you before with, with experiences and being like, man, you know, you're on, you're on this side of the camp. Steve's on this side of the camp. I want to hear both stories. I'm a very uh, inquisitive person. Like voodoo fascinates me. Everything that shouldn't fascinate me by people's standards fascinates me. I want to learn about all of it. I love the shit out of it. It just fat. Not that I'm going to dabble in it. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to conjure the dead. Right. But I, it's fascinating to me. Dude, it should be like, like all this stuff is fascinating to me. That's why I do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and what you just said, I I would echo a hundred percent just because I'm fascinated. It doesn't mean I pursue it for a personal gain or personal anything like and there is a certain level of you know understanding the other side of the the aisle on issues is a healthy thing you know absolutely absolutely and and you know i i had a guy on the show years ago and um it's kind of like this is what people are fearful of though uh he was studying to be a pastor and he decided that he should know his enemy. And so he started learning and studying the occult and witchcraft and things like that to understand how is it possible? Is it real? All this stuff. And this is while he's trying to study to become a pastor. Like he's like, he's doing this because he's trying to, to advance his understanding. So he has a more fruitful ministry by studying it though. He started dabbling and now he's a he's a full blown witch, <clears throat> like wow, like he um, like like he told me he didn't say this on the show, and I wish he would have, but he didn't, and I didn't want to force it. I, I probably would have done it now, like I would probably would have brought it up now, but back then I was like a little bit more like oh, you know. Um, but he said in the email, he said that uh, he's tried Wicca, he's tried all these different stuff, and he said none of it worked for him. Like it worked, but it wasn't for him. Because he needed the strong stuff. He needed, he, he said, sometimes people need to be smacked upside the head and he needed to be able to do that. And he used an example where he actually would uh, uh, practice casting spells on the people who ride his bus because he was a city bus driver. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you and imagine so, that shit? I know. You, you're just trying to catch a bus to work and some dude's casting spells on you. I know. And you just never know, right? You just never know. Yeah. So, so so don't leave your house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody stay home. Yeah. Put sigils but, around the door. Protect but that's yourself. That's the thing. So that, that's what people, what, the other side of it, people are saying, you know, they're like, don't look at it. Don't read about it because you might fall into it. That's a you problem, bro. That's a you problem. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm, I'm just saying, like, like I don't look into, like, I don't study the occult, right? I don't have a lot of time to put my efforts into studying things. You know what I do? I study the Bible, you know? But, like, I I would like to believe that if for whatever reason 
there's a book on my table that's like, you know, Satan's book of whatever. And I'm like, yo, let me check, let me check this out real quick. Let me just see, let me just see what this, you know, like, do I think demons are attached to it? Absolutely. But again, I believe I'm protected. And, you know, let me just check it out and see, just see what is, what, what is this, you know, nonsense that, that's in this book, right? Whatever. I don't think that, like, I got to believe that my faith in whatever, you know, your faith is like, is strong enough to withstand you looking into something, you know, like at some point you got faith in something because you looked into it, you know? So it's just yeah. like, I don't know, man. You know, I, now you, hearing you talk about that, that, and then here in a minute, we'll get to the phone lines, open up the lines for everybody to call in. But uh, it, it makes me wonder, cause you talked about reading a book, whether Satanism, a cult, whatever it is. What if you start reading that and things start to appeal to you? Then what happens? I think that's what people are more worried about. Sure. So first of all, um, that wouldn't surprise me. Say, just use me. It wouldn't surprise me because I am interested in these topics. Right. I like, like, I'm like, this is really interesting, fascinating. You know, that, that, that Lucifer could still be approaching people through their dream state in other realms. Like this is, this is fascinating. Right. And if I were to read, <clears throat> read the book or whatever, and I start feeling that way, that's where personal discipline in your faith comes in to repent from that and walk away. If you're get, if you're, you have to know that line. And if you're approaching that line, you're like, yo, this is dangerous. It's now time for me personally to pump the brakes and walk away. It's kind of ironic that you word it that way too. Cause I'll be honest with you. I started, uh, Steve found this dude on TikTok. Creepy ass dude. Forget his name. Dude was in, he was taught, he was teaching people how to make contracts with demons. Ooh, really creepy shit, dude. And it was, it was so creepy to the point that we're going through his TikTok and Steve is making comments about shit. And it's literally popping in the next TikTok that he had, that this dude had recorded weeks prior, but it's almost, it's almost simultaneously lining up with what Steve's saying. Like Steve started making fun. He, he bought one of the books dude was talking about and Steve opened to a random page in the book. And ironically enough, there's a picture of a demon on it. And it's this ball looking demon with all these fucking legs and stuff coming out of it. Steve starts making fun of that demon. He's like, look, you know, just poke, just being goofing, just goofing on it. Right. And then we start watching, going through this guy's TikToks and swear on everything. Homie pulls up the book and he's like, this is the demon that I'm working with. And it's the same one that Steve randomly opened the book to and is making fun of. And then it, it wasn't just that instance. Like Steve, me and him are like it started creeping me out because me and Steve are having a conversation while listening to this guy because it is fascinating, and his opinions, his views, his everything. And we're kind of conversating about it because we were thinking about reaching out to him, have him come on the show. And I swear, dude, like it was, it's like the dude was answering us before we even asked the questions. Super weird, super creepy. And I was like, you need to shut that shit off for now. Like, I need to walk away. Right. And I so later on, 
weeks down the road. We don't hear from the dude. So I started looking into the left-hand path because that's what this guy was teaching, how to walk the left-hand path. And I start reading back and forth on the right and left hands. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like there were things in the left-hand path that made 100% sense to me where I'm just like, I mean, but that's the thing too that I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm smart enough to be aware of because I'm very particular with the way people use words. And I know that words and phrases always have double meanings to them. Right. So I'll ask, you know, cause it'll say like, I can't exactly remember the wording, but it's, it's stuff like, you know, you should, you should uh, focus on yourself, this, that, and the other. And like on one hand, you're like, well, that doesn't sound that bad, right? To, to focus on yourself and not always be uh, focusing on everybody around you. But at the, at the same edge of the sword, it's like, but is it saying to always ignore, to always put yourself first? Is that what it's actually saying? You know what I mean? Like, so words are tricky. You got to be careful the way things are interpreted because the way you interpret it and the way that it's actually written as, as being meant might be two completely different things. Yeah. And I mean, there could be just truth in it too, you know, like, I mean, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like, I mean, it's, to me, it's not that hard to fathom that, you know, something that I ultimately do not agree with does have pieces of truth in it. You know, does yeah. Satan, does Satan himself yeah. acknowledge God? Yes. Does, do, do the demons acknowledge Christ and say, it's not our, it's not, it's not our time yet. Like you've come, have you come to, to, uh, I forget the, and now I'm forgetting the, um, the exact quote, but they, they recognize Christ. Right. So it, it's, um, there, there are things that are truth in the middle of bad or evil, however you want to look at it. Um, and so, and I, and I'm not here, you know, I'm not trying, like, I'm not, I'm not, um, evangelizing the gospel of Satan or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm just saying like the enemy, whatever you perceive that to be would absolutely have pieces of truth to deceive you, uh, that makes sense. And, and, and get you comfortable in their territory. And all of a sudden you didn't realize it, but all of a sudden you're in deep and you don't know how you got there. Yeah. And you can't figure out how to get out. Talk to anybody who spent any time in Hollywood on a serious level. And they'll tell you the same story on a very realistic level. You go to Hollywood and you have every intention to become a movie star. You just want the lights, the stage, the action. And all of a sudden you're 10 years in Hollywood and you're a completely different person doing things you never thought you'd do because the environment yeah. that you find yourself in gave you pieces of truth that made sense in the moment, but collectively it went down the wrong path. And so it, 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 that's just a real life situation. And we're talking about spiritual stuff, you know, yeah. but, but it, it's, it, it, I think it's, 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 um, practical, you know, but absolutely. Again, and, and, and literally what you're saying goes right back to our conversation at the beginning of all this about the, the UFO guy. Mm -hmm. What's the best way of disinformation? Sprinkle truth in there first. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you have um, a desired outcome, you got to reverse. That's the worst. That's you, the worst. You just re you reverse engineer from there. How can we get the collective consciousness to, consciousness to have the desired outcome that okay. we want them to have? So, okay, we have this table full of information that we know is true. 
What can we use on this truth table to put into our path here to get the desired outcome we have without giving them the whole story? How can we take this truth over here, sprinkle this lie over here to get them to where we want to go? Because you can't, like, like any spy, like you have a double agent, right? We talked about, I talked about this with uh, Walter Bosley for next Tuesday's show. Like you have a, a double agent, you know, a, a spy for Russia. Say, 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 uh, I don't want to talk about Russia. Am I, am I, am I flagged you through? I started thinking, I'm like, wait a second, stop, stop, stop. Um, Honduras. There we <laughs> so, go. But like you, you have a spy for a country, right? And, and, uh, I don't even know if spy is the right way to go with this, but say you want to, you want to throw off another country. You're not going to just overtly lie to them because they're going to sniff it out. They're not stupid. You have to give them pieces of truth sprinkled in with lies to get the desired outcome of that country to believe what you want them to believe about you. That's just the way it works. And so it's the same exact thing here, only the, the, the audience isn't another country. It's their own country. We're, on, we're living through a PSYOP right now. Right. I believe so. I, I, the more I talk to you about this, the more I'm coming to believe so. Like, I haven't talked a whole lot about all this stuff out loud. It's just a lot of thoughts pondering in my head as I'm weed whacking my property today. Right. Uh, so it's like, yeah, oh, man, like, I think we're living in a psyop and they're giving us pieces of truth to get everybody like, oh, like I said, I know that's true. Like when, they're, when he's talking about how they retrieve downed aircraft and bodies, they're in possession of it. I know that's true. Episode 122 happened. Charlie's a real person. Right. Like Charlie, literally, I can, I can vouch for this. Charlie moved out of this country. He still refuses to come back to the country because of his experience from episode 122. He refuses. He's coming back on the show, by the way. I just got to schedule it. That's he's, awesome. He said he'd come back on. I told him, I said, dude, like the information that's coming out right now directly relates to your story. We need to talk about it. Um, but like, that's truth, right? Right. But but is everything that he said truth? I don't know. Or is it truth, but the way you say it is to keep how do I say this? So it the way he said certain things made me feel like he didn't want the collective consciousness to go down a certain road. He wanted to veer it off, like give it to you, but not that. Like I want to give you this, but turn it this way. Because when and I can't remember the interviewer's name, but when the interviewer asked David Grush about, so you're saying we have alien bodies. He's like, I'd say NHI, non-human intelligence. I don't even know what that means. NHI, non-human intelligence. It's 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 a new phrase to throw out. They throw these these ah these you you know instead of UFO UAP. So now we own the topic. Right. It, it's this instead of alien, we're going to say non-human intelligence. But I think that that is such a broad term that either I I I don't know what the I don't know what the end game is here. But by saying non-human intelligence. Dude, that, that, yeah, that could be alien, but that could be interdimensional beings. Right. I think he even talked about, no, I don't think he did talk about interdimensional beings. That might have been somebody else I was listening to. But um, like, like, like what we know is that there are other realms, right? We've had mainstream scientists talk about how they're dabbling with uh, parallel universes. 
Like that's been out for 10, 15 years now. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that stuff's real. So, and and we, you and I doing what we do, talking to people about their experiences and stuff. Like we know people are experiencing interdimensional beings coming through to this side, communicating. That's a non-human intelligence. Demonic entities are non-human intelligence. Fallen angels are non-human intelligence. Lucifer is a non-human intelligence. Jesus is so just a no, big no, umbrella. Not Jesus, not Jesus. God is a non-human intelligence. God the Father. Right. It's just a big umbrella. Right. It's an is umbrella. All that that can, is. It can be anything. So they can be like, right. we're not lying, but we're we're but the way we're shaping this conversation is going to get you thinking in a certain direction. So we're not lying, but we're going to get you thinking about something that we're not talking about at all. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Let's try to open these lines and see what type of weird shit we have rolling in. (laughs) Hey, everybody should hit the thumbs up button on this YouTube video (laughs) thing. Smash the like button. Please and thank you. All right, here we go. 